Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Thanks, Donnie. Appreciate you, man. We can skip appreciate you in two. the chat early. Send us right up for segment two. Don't you love that? What, what is up, everybody? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast, the DMVA show. There it is. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to use the code DMVR when you sign up and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Harrison Wind, Adam Mars is off today. I'm hosting. I'm alongside Brendan Vogt. How you doing, man? It's been a long time since we've talked, like 12 hours. Anything changed for you? Nope. Was up late, uh, was got up late this morning, and I'm here. Get, thrilling. <laughs> Th- thrilling. Me too. Noth- nothing new, but I'm ready to talk nugs. We got a great show. Uh, we're going to start off with some... Oh, I love the one shot there, Cal. Oh, wow. We're going to start off with some shocking stats Bzz. from the first 10 games of the season. Look, 10 games down, I think it's a good time to do a little uh, check-in on where the Nuggets stand and where some players on this roster stand. Then it'd be cool, I thought, to do a little check-in with Ismail Kamigate. Wow, here he's playing well. Donnie, Donnie tells me that. Yeah, the streets are talking. Streets are he's talking. putting up ridiculous numbers in France. Uh, so we're going to talk about him and also look at what some of the Nuggets G League guys are doing. Mm. And then in uh, segment three, we're going to get to just some surprises around the NBA, a little around the association to end things on uh, this Tuesday. Let's start, though, with some shocking stats from the first 10 games. I've got some here lined up. I want to get your reaction to some of these. Brendan, the Nuggets at 7-3 and three are the third best offense in the NBA. That's with Jamal Murray looking as bad as he's going to look all season and Michael Porter Jr. only staggering with the bench for part of the year. And with Bones missing time. It's it's shocking insofar as I think it helps remind us where the expectations are. And we even talked about this start to the season for a while. Like, oh, man, when the offense figures it out, you know, like they're, yeah. not, they're not humming yet. And it, it still feels like there's only been maybe two to three halves where you'd say they played in fifth gear, sixth gear. So I think back to the tweet you sent out. They might honestly be underperforming if they don't grab the top offense in the league. I kind of sent that tweet out in jest. Of course. Of course. Um, I tweeted that this was during the Spurs home game when I said there was more highlights in that game than I've ever seen in a Nuggets game before. That I think it'd be an underachievement if the Nuggets did not finish as the top ranked right. offense. Right. Because you just look at the weapons, you look at the shooters. They're already leading the league in three point percentage, obviously. 
there's just so much potential. The ceiling is so high on the offensive side of the ball. And like you said, it doesn't feel like they're at peak performance yet. Sure. They are shooting it ridiculously well from three-point range. That will come down, definitely. But, like, Nicole Jokic isn't scoring the ball like he can. The bench just now is getting figured out. You right. know, we went through the first half of the season, the first five games or so, with an awful bench, you know, that, that was killing the Nuggets' offensive rating. So the fact that they're third in offensive rating right now um, – it's obviously great that they've shown that they're a great offense this season, but there's just so much more room to grow. Yeah. It, yeah, I think, yeah, it's not shocking that the offense is where it is when you think about how well they're shooting, because that has just that's been true. unbelievable. But there, it does feel like there's individual prowess that's yet to be unlocked or tapped into or even required, which might be the most, you know, kind of encouraging part of this, which is this is what it looks like as they're figuring things out but you haven't seen a 40-point Jamal Murray flurry or a straight-up MVP scoring game from Jokic. You know, it's been a collective balanced effort for the most part. And so yeah. that's – it does feel like, you know, maybe as some of the threes dry up, if they were to, there are other ways they could go to recoup those points. You got to be really encouraged by the offense, and it's it's really funny to think about. I mean, Jokic really, just as far as a score, and we saw him emerge as a world-class scorer, he's in mm-hmm. third gear. And this is where they're at. So it's it's easy to be excited. I mean, just think where the offense could be once Jamal Murray is ramped up. I know. And he kind of, we're starting to see it now. I, I can't believe his playmaking the last two games. And that's, yeah. the shot making is is huge. It's essential to Jamal looking like he's back and all that. Yeah. But the, the how, how canny and crafty he is in the pick and roll already is just beyond encouraging yeah he's getting that rhythm back pretty quickly definitely quicker like i said in the post game show it's happened quicker than i thought it was totally man i would have said december i would have said december yep here's another shocking stat for you nicole Jokic has 35 deflections on this season that ranks 10th in the nba first among not just centers but first among all big men Power forwards and centers. <laughs> he has the 10th most deflections in the NBA. That is shocking because we spent a lot of time, um, you know, railing on his defensive effort. And I think in some ways deservedly so. But yet this is the ultimate Jokic bottom line. No matter where mm-hmm. you – it's always better than you think, you know. <laughs> He's always – the expectations are so impossibly high. You love to see that. I know he had a lot last night. Better game defensively last night. That's what him being active looks like on that end, right? He's not going to deter a lot at the rim, but he can be really active in terms of deflections and steals, and and that's his version of turning it on. I thought he did in that last game, but I'm surprised to see he's that high already. Yeah, here's another one for you. KCP, we know how well he shot it you know, from three generally this year, but he's shooting 53% from the corners. That leads the NBA. Yeah, that shocks me a little bit, and not not the cor- not that he's shooting well from the corners, because you told anyone who would listen. I said on our player preview, my bold prediction was KCP would lead the NBA in corner three point percentage. You guys laughed at my face. Oh, I well, did laugh. Maybe not you, but Adam laughed at my face. Well, that's just kind of his default <laughs> reaction to anyone else's take. But so I'm not surprised. Like I'm not surprised he's leading the Nuggets in corner shooting. I'm not surprised he's shooting over you know well over forty percent from the corners. Uh, I am surprised it's as high as it is because it's he's sharing the floor often with Porter Jr. right now. And it we I don't know if we ever imagined two guys this effective catching shooters 
on the floor at the same time with Murray and Jokic. It's unbelievable. Yeah, um, he's been the perfect fit. He's been exactly as advertised. He's been exactly what the Nuggets thought they were getting. And he's gotten the Nicole Jokic stamp of approval already. Right. Jokic said earlier this season that the thing he notices about KCP and why KCP has been such a seamless fit is because he just knows his role. And Jokic then said that's why you know he's played for so many good teams because he knows what to do. He's come coming to Denver. He actually um, has forgotten a bunch of the plays. To- I was just gonna say um, that it's weird. Like it's, you can definitely see this live. Like when I'm at Ball Arena watching games, the Nuggets like aren't on the same page with all their play calls. Only ten games into the, into the season. I'll excuse it a little bit, but especially KCP seems like he doesn't know where to go a lot of the time. But when Denver's just in transition or something, precisely when they're not putting out a definite play call when they're just improvising he's going straight to the corner and and that's i mean that's the exact role and the exact lane he needs to be running in and it's kind of what they've been trying to get porter do to do a little more of and the spacing's just so good right now yeah. it wasn't it wasn't just we saw the return of the two man last night you know we saw now granted bruce was in for mpj but we, we saw the two man just with a lot of room to operate and mm-hmm. it's it's so different michael porter jr is shooting 21 of 42, 50% on catch and shoot threes. Uh, he's above 50%, you know, in total three point percentage, I think. That's second in the NBA out of players with at least 40 attempts. I was surprised he's not first that he's missed 21 of these. <laughs> no, man. I, there's, there's almost no Porter shooting stat you can put in front of me where I go, wow, that's shocking. I, this is who he is. 100 reasons why. It may not last a full season, full career, all that stuff. But the the shooting element of it, the shooting talent, can't stress this enough. He's born to do it. And the transition three numbers are outrageous. The catch and shoot threes are outrageous. Anecdotally, it feels like that completely gratuitous step back he does. It's outrageous. It's also yeah. effective. And and so I'm not surprised. It's definitely outrageous. This. He turns an easy shot into... A crazy, ridiculous shot and still hits and it. And still hits it, man. How about this one? Aaron Gordon is currently shooting 68% from two-point range. His previous career high was 60%, man. which was last year. Wow. This, wow. Is, this is what we always talk about with Aaron Gordon. The game can be so easy for him if he wants it to be. Just play inside, get easy buckets, dunk it. I think he's still leading the league in dunks too. I don't I would have that imagine. on the list. Yeah. Um, just take what Nicole Jokic in the defense gives you. It can be so easy. And for the large part of this season, that's what he's done. And he deserves so many kudos for that. I was just writing that in the grades this morning, especially these last couple of games. B to A minus performances to Aaron Gordon, where he's shot like five or six times each, respectively. And it's, uh-huh. you love. He's so willing and able to fill in the cracks with impact around those guys and and you know the assists that like he had five assists last night, the little bit of rebounding, the defense when it comes, but then this, particularly this, the way that if you are really worried about all these elements of the big three, there's very little you can at some point you're gonna lose Aaron Gordon. Yeah. And it's probably on a screen, and he's probably gonna be wide open on his way to the rim. So this isn't too surprising. But he just needs to get a lot of credit, I think, for his willingness to be this guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's done that since the day he got to Denver. Right. 
Right. You can, I mean, he's always going to get credit here for just accepting his role and just where he stands in the pecking order. He, he definitely deserves a lot of credit for that. So after 10 games vote, do you have something that you're looking at as the biggest storyline to you, the biggest story about this team through 10 games so far? What would that be in your opinion? For me, it's that they're staggering often and with some success, mm -hmm. or it at least seems to be a viable strategy. And I'm going to kind of cheat and do two, but I think it goes hand in hand. It's the the neatness with which the substitution of Porter for Brown directly works out and how that's become a feature of this roster and allowed some some flexibility with closing games. I just think it's it's essential. You know, those two guys cover each other's deficiencies. They do for the other lineup what the other one couldn't. And again, I think a lot about how Golden State last postseason had the option of starting with and or closing with Poole or doing Gary Payton the second. And Denver feels like it's got a similar dynamic here. That's really, really encouraging to me. And and just, you know, Malone said he would do it last year, but then there were the injuries. His reputation is that he won't stagger. So that he's gone to it as early as he has, that he seems committed to it. I, I think that's a big development. Yeah, no doubt. Let me know in the chat too what you guys think is the biggest storyline so far with the Nuggets after ten games. I'll you know read some of those on air if you drop them in the chat. For me, if I had to boil it down to one thing, I've got to go with just Calvin Booth's off-season additions being the perfect additions. Right. I mean, you look at all the moves that he made—the trade for Contavious Caldwell Pope. He looks exa like exactly what the Nuggets needed at the two in that starting lineup. You look at signing Bruce Brown. We thought he was going to be a great fit. He's been exactly that. I think he's the best defender the Nuggets have had in the Nikola Jokic era. And we've seen these last couple games that he's going to be a guy that closes a lot of games. Christian Brown. <laughs> Christian Brown... I liked Christian Brown coming out of the draft. I liked him in summer league. I did not think he'd be in the rotation starting in game two of the regular season. It's crazy. Um, that, that's been wild. And I've been trying to tell everybody this all year. Christian Brown is a way better defender than anybody realizes. Like I've, I've been writing it. I've been saying it on this podcast. He's so much better than anybody actually thinks. Um, we'll see that. I think eventually this year more and more, but, um, I mean, Calvin Booth went into the summer with a clear vision right. and, and a clear objective to get better and bigger defensively on the perimeter. And it hasn't been reflected in the Nuggets' like defensive rating yet, but I think that will come. Uh, we've seen the Nuggets be able to lock up when it's mattered. And so um, I, I just feel like the vision that we all had for this team is is what it is. Yeah, whatever they haven't done defensively doesn't necessarily feel like it's KCP or Bruce Brown's fault. They have yeah. provided a, a different dynamic, I think. So it's all been a feather in Calvin Booth's cat. And, you know, it's he makes it easy. He's like, here's my plan. And you can judge everything against that plan. And it's all going according to plan so far. Biggest surprise for me. This could also go in for biggest storyline. I know chat was into it for that answer, for that question, rather. But Jamal Murray, how quickly he looks as good as he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other one for me. Yeah, it's the biggest surprise because he's a notorious slow starter anyway, right? So so many people pick December, pick January, I think for different reasons. 
And, and I know there are a great many people who always believe in him and, and thought we'd see it early. So kudos to, to those out here who expected it. But I didn't. And how quickly he's, again, it's not just, okay, the shot's falling. He looks up to speed. And, and that is something I thought would take way longer. Yeah, Josh says Jamal being back so quick. Uh, Josh Medina, Murray coming back faster than expected. Um, DeAndre Jordan. Totally. We wanted to kill him. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Lubisa says in the chat and look now I mean hey, yeah. I wouldn't go that far yeah I didn't yeah <laughs> but he well, has been better violent. than I expected for sure I mean our here's the thing our bar for backup center is laughably low but yeah we, but, you really just have to grab some rebounds and he is yeah but the thing is we also laughed at the, Dunk signing, the ball and I think he's cleared that low bar so far so credit to him yeah by the way uh Zeke Naji doubtful for tomorrow's really? game at Indiana, I did not see him missing this many games. Oh, man, that really stinks. Yeah. Uh, Donnie says, Michael Malone, for sure, his willingness to change a lot of his coaching philosophy as fast as he has this season is shocking. Better rotations, less but timely rage timeouts. I do have to give Malone credit for what he's done with the bench. Absolutely. You know, Porter staggering with that group with Bones, I think, is the right move. Um, so I think the Nuggets have found their bench combination. Um, Brian also says Malone staggering. Uh, and PJ's willingness to play with a lot of effort. That's yeah. It's been a storyline too. Totally. Totally. He, he's I, I said it on the show last night, but whatever the inip, initial reputation was of, for him as a blue chip talent that maybe wasn't committed to this kind of stuff, you know, and, yeah. and it's, it's all been so erroneous. He's he, I'm glad Malone shouted out his professionalism off the bench as a teammate last night because Porter has done almost everything that's been asked of him. And so, you know, it's him maintaining this attitude and this approach is no small thing. And it's a big, big part of the Nuggets looking not just like a good team, but like the team we hope to see. This is a great point by Steve here in the comments right now. Biggest takeaway, it doesn't look like Jokic will be so gassed at the end of the season. Lots of guys sharing the load. This is an aspect to Jokic's start that we haven't talked about. Right. We haven't talked about how... He's obviously not expending as much energy at the beginning of this season that he did at the beginning of last season. And could that help him stay fresher later in the year? I haven't, th I haven't really thought about that, but that's a good point, Steve. I mean, across a whole season, it will, right? Yeah, if it's you would think. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure his effort level will rise and wane as, as required. But it does seem like that is one of the big benefits to not having to need him shoot 25 times. Yeah. Let's hit a break real quick. On the other side, we're going to go over to France where Nuggets draft and stash Ismael Kamagate is putting up ridiculous numbers. I mean ridiculous numbers. We'll also look at the G League guys uh, as well. All righty, friends. Breckenridge Brewery is the official brewery and beer of DNVR. How about Broncos Country? Let's drink. You can check out the Broncos Country. What kind of beer is that again? Is it a is it a pale ale? It's That's the Broncos right. Country Hoppy Pale Hoppy Ale. Hoppy Pale Ale. Show off that colorful Colorado legacy with the Orange Crush logo and 100% Colorado ingredients, RK. This will be your go-to for football season. I'm reading right off the copy. Can you tell? Check out the uh, Broncos Country. Check out any beer that Breckenridge Brewery makes. Two very easy ways to do that. The first is the Breck Beer Locator. You tell it what kind of beer you're looking for. You tell it where you're standing. It'll tell you where to go next nice the other one is just kind of the dnvr bar in york and colfax because we got all that breckenridge brewery goodness a lot of it's on tap too so come hang out with us watch some sports 
and drink some Breck Brew. They are the homies. Let's talk about DraftKings Sportsbook. It's actually America's top-rated sportsbook app. Did you know that, Harrison? I've heard that before. Did you know that right now, uh, new users, when they sign up and they use promo code DNVR, they can be- place any $5 NBA Moneyline bet? I've heard. They can I've get heard. $200 in free bets if they win. But it's not just about the new users win. Uh, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with stepped-up same-game parlays. I hit a 10-legger last night. Don't recommend that, but I did it. And um, I'm getting sick, getting sick in the head. But with payouts What'd bigger you do than with ever, your winnings? I drank at the DNVR bar. Nice. And then I ordered. It's some not wings. a bad place to spend it. No, it was nice. Put it back into the company. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Whole economy happening here. Yeah. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go, and you should go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code DNVR. Make any five dollar bet this week. Get two hundred dollars in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes. For details. All right. Well done. We're back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code DNVR when you sign up and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Let's go over to France. Uh, Ismail Kamigate, we haven't seen him, or I haven't seen him since the Nuggets Summer League when mm. he was, you know, flashing, I'll call it, some, some intriguing skills in uh, Las Vegas. Here's the deal with Kamigate. He's playing against tougher competition this season he's in the euro cup now tougher competition than he did last year his numbers have gone up though let me read you off his averages so far this season let's do it 10.4 points modest he's shooting 80 percent from the field what what 80 peak deandre jordan numbers wind 9.3 rebounds 2.3 blocks his last game two days ago 13 points six of six shooting 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks in 28 minutes. I was looking at his game logs. His first game of the season back in late September, 12 points, 16 rebounds, 8 blocks. He's been the second most productive player in France behind Victor Wembanyama, the number one pick in the next draft. He's been having a great season, and um, I don't know. I feel like i got to tune into some uh, Paris basketball games now legitimately intriguing prospect i think for for several reasons not sure about the hands yet the hands kind of seemed like a question at summer league but you saw the athleticism i think he sees the game pretty well for a guy his size you know i think he's 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 not just a big guy i think he's a basketball player and more specifically though not a hooper uh not a hooper yeah i wouldn't think so not a hooper but a basketball player not a stiff and he can protect the rim which we know and Michael Malone has said, is one of the big deficiencies on this team. They really don't have anyone who can do that, save for, in theory, DeAndre Jordan, but he doesn't really do that anymore. So, you know, if you were looking for Kamigate's kind of path or route to more uh, interest or heavy consideration, I think it's rim protection. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets are really excited about Kamigate. Um, I can tell you that he's going to make his French senior national team debut in the FIBA window next weekend. So he's going to be playing for team France. That's going to be a bigger stage for him. So that's Mm. exciting. What you said about the rim protection, I think is the biggest thing to keep in mind with Kamigate. Michael Malone this year. Oh, here's Flo checking in. Hi guys. I've watched most of his games and we'll be, uh, attending his game with France on Monday. Awesome. Let us know how he looks. Need the scouting report. Yeah, we're going to need the intel flow. Thank you. Um, Michael Malone, I feel like, has been very vocal early this season about how the Nuggets have no rim protection. 
I feel like he's even like thrown Nikola Jokic under the bus a couple times talking about how he is not a rim protector at all. Like I've been a little surprised by a couple of these Malone quotes just about how the Nuggets have no rim protection and Nikola Jokic can't protect the rim. Well, Calvin did go out and get him his coveted perimeter defenders, but now the rim, the the paint defense is still pretty bad. Sure, <laughs> so, sure. So what's left? Yeah. Um, but Malone has been, he's been very vocal about the fact that Nuggets have no rim protection. Indeed, indeed. And I mean, it is the one thing Jokic does not do. Right, right. And um, you look at Kamigate, and it's just so obvious to project how he could protect the rim at the next level. And... As soon as next season, you know, mm. for the Nuggets, you think about Kamigate and the numbers he's putting up in France right now. Imagine if he did not enter the draft last year and he's putting up these numbers and he's the second most productive player in France behind the future number one pick. This guy would definitely be a first round pick this next season. He might even be like a top 20 pick based on these numbers he's putting up. So um, it seems like a really good draft pick that Calvin Booth made last year. And um, I'm excited to track his progress, and I think he'll be on the Nuggets next season. If you look at the way Booth went about that draft philosophically, he went with, in his mind, and certainly looking like it, like a can't-miss, you know, high-floor guy in Christian Brown. But then with the later picks, he did something really interesting with both Peyton and Kamigate. It looks like he took flyers on guys that he very well thought could be drafted in a very, very different position a year from now. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, look, I guess that's what everyone's trying to do, but rather than look at Peyton, what Peyton Watson didn't do and how he didn't live up to the hype right now, he viewed that as, well, maybe he plays his way into that and we got him cheap. You can apply that to Kamigate yeah, as well, I for think. For sure. For sure. Let's look at Peyton Watson. Let's look at a couple of the G League guys right now. The Grand Rapids Gold have played two games. They're 0-2. Uh, they got absolutely blown out in their first game. They lost 152 to 129. Uh, Then they lost their second game. I think this was two nights ago. Yeah, 130 to 123. Peyton Watson, he's putting up numbers, man. Uh, His first game, 27 points, 12 of 18 shooting, nine rebounds, two assists, two steals, four blocks. Four blocks, wow. His other game, 21 points, eight of 19 shooting, eight rebounds, five assists, four steals, three blocks. Here's how I look at the G League stats and, and how Peyton Watson is doing just based on the box score. If your draft pick does not put up good numbers in the G League, that's a huge red flag. Yeah. Like if you're if the guy that you draft first or second round to be totally honest, if he's not putting up numbers that like make you go, "Oh wow, look at that." That's a big problem. Like those guys should be putting up numbers in the G League. Um so the fact that Peyton Watson is doing this, I don't think it's an indication that he's like ready to go. Right, right. It's not an indication that he's going to be playing with the Nuggets this season. I just think it's a tell that okay, you know, he's on schedule. Right. This is this is a good development. And it might be a perfect way for him to build the confidence back up, you know, without necessarily asking him to take the NBA floor and do anything he doesn't, you know, he's not built to do or or hurt that confidence in any way. Cuz you're right. I mean, Tory Craig was like LeBron in the G League. Tory Craig has put up 38 points like regularly in the G League. But you do want to see something. And he's been very active in, in I look, I have only seen highlights and box scores. But the, the deflections, the ste- to have the steals and block numbers he does. Yeah. Saw one highlight where he saw uh, stole a pass after a made bucket and dunked. 
just looks like he's been really, really active. That's awesome. Um, I want to watch more of him. I haven't watched any yet, but he's got some skill. He's got some game. There's a reason why we talk about Peyton Watson at all, and it's good to see it flashing with Grand Rapids. Yeah, I like P. Watt. I, I like his skill set. I like his intangibles. And you can definitely see how he'd fit on the Nuggets roster. I mean, what do the Nuggets need the most right now? It's a 6'9", small forward that can defend. Well, that's Peyton Watson. So, again, I don't think he's going to be contributing on the Nuggets this season. But I think this is a strong start to the year for them. And, um, yeah, he's he's been strong through two games so far. I think that's a good that's development. That's encouraging, yeah. Uh, Jack White, Nuggets two-way player. We saw him rebounding in Vegas. He's rebounding in the G League for sure. He had um, 14 rebounds in nice. the Gold's first game. He had 12 rebounds in the Gold's second game. <laughs> what? No, nothing. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, he's looking good. And then the other guy I'm really watching on the Grand Rapids Gold is Jared Butler. Jared Butler is a second-year player out of Baylor. He was the Final Four Most Outstanding Player and won the NCAA Championship in 2021. He was a second-round pick by the Jazz. He flashed as a rookie. Totally. And I remember this because he flashed against the Nuggets. He had a good game against the Nuggets last year. He was a surprise cut by the Jazz this summer. Now, he's had some injury histories in the past. Um, I don't know what his medical looks like. There could be red flags there. I don't know. But he got cut by the Jazz. Nobody in the NBA picked him up. And he signed with the Grand Rapids Gold. He's looked good in these first couple games as well. He put up uh, 11 points in the Gold's first game. And then he came back and went for 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists in game number two. This, to me, ends either two ways. It, it ends with the Nuggets, like, signing him to a two-way somehow or him getting signed by another team yeah i mean he's an nba caliber prospecting player i think so yeah and outside i mean look i i didn't follow that entire year but we've we definitely saw the flashes we know there was the medical concern out of the draft there's there's additional injury concerns as well and i would have to think those are the only reasons he's in the g league the thing is for denver i don't know the way they handled the colin gillespie two-way makes me th I don't know if they're going to be that cold-blooded like you know what I mean if like if you're going to cut a guy they could have done that already yeah. and had this slot open and they chose not to so that just makes me think I don't know if that's going to be their approach yeah. for better or worse I don't know anybody else you got your eye on in Grand Rapids no I just can't believe that Jared Butler's on that team it just seems so well the gold is where you go to that's, that's get another so shot in the NBA you know who's also on the Grand Rapids gold Norris Cole. Nor Do you remember he, Norris Cole? Wasn't he on the Team USA that went to uh, um, America this past this past run? Oh, that's not where I thought you were going to remember him from. Well, that's kind of that's the most recent place I, I saw thought you remember him from like those LeBron Heat. Well, teams. yeah, no, that is where I know him from. But I think okay. he was on that Team USA sent some weird roster. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not rosters. sure. But he's also trying to get back into the NBA. That's okay what you do on the Grand Rapids Gold. They they have provided that pathway. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, we'll be keeping an eye on all the G League guys, of course, you know, throughout the entire season. I'm sure Peyton Watson will get called up to the Nuggets uh, frequently 
throughout the year. It's not like he's going to stay in Grand Rapids the entire season, I don't think. Um, you know, injuries will probably determine if Jack White gets a call up and, and plays yeah. it all with Denver. Um, but those are the three guys that I'd really be keeping an eye on there. Um, Peyton Watson, of course, Jack White, Jared Butler, Adonis Arms is on this team mm. too, who is with the Nuggets at Summer League. Um, so it's it's a cool squad that uh, Andre Miller has there. Let's hit another break. Um, on the other side, let's go around the association. Let's look at some other storylines from uh, the first 10 games. When what connects two countries, the back-to-back MVP and a group of snot-nosed friends, 100 Invisible Threads. And 100 Invisible Threads will air again on TV. Ivaca tonight, Ivaca TV. Wow, I just read their Twitter handle. On Ivaca TV tonight, November 8th at 7 p.m. Mountain tonight. Time. That's tonight, baby. So if you have Ivaca and you missed it last time, it's not on demand. You got to catch this thing as it's airing. You're going to get a chance tonight, 7 p.m. It's a little different than our vlogs. It's a little different look at what we did and what we learned on that trip. We're in it, but it's a little more about the history of Serbian basketball and how the emergence of Jokic is a product of that basketball system and not an anomaly. So if you want to learn more about that, check out uh, 100 Invisible Threads airing on Ivaka TV. Go to ivaka.tv slash DNVR right now to sign up. That lets them know we sent you. You can watch your favorite Colorado sports teams and original DNVR content just like 100 Invisible Threads. I am. Uh, I'm gonna watch that again at some point. Wind. It's real good. It's real good. I've heard good things about it. <laughs> no, seriously, guys. If you guys, um, if you have Ivaka, make sure you catch the the next showing of 100 Visible Invisible Threads. It's an awesome documentary. A ton of work went into it, and uh, I think it's incredible. Like to be totally honest, yeah. I think it's one of the coolest I'm things we've ever done. Very impressed by Adam and Ryan Green's work on that. Uh, did not expect it to go as well as it did. I'm going to keep it real with you, but it did. Um, what Smata says, I got Ivaka yesterday. What Smata? What Smata? Shout out What Smata. Enjoy yeah. it. We want you to have Ivaka because we want you to have all of it. The pregame, the game itself, the post games, and this original content. We also want you to go to the games if you feel like it, even if that's a last second decision. And you can do that with Game Time, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals to sports, concerts, and shows. Here's the deal. People buy expensive, awesome tickets, and sometimes they can't go, and often they post them, and always you can find the best price on those last deal tickets with Game Time. If you love DNVR, you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Go ahead and join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and scored the best seats to all of your favorite events, like them Denver Nuggets games. Don't miss that team at home. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a fireworks show all season long. Yeah, for sure. Another note on Ivaka, like you were saying, a lot of people hit us up and they're like, Wow, on Ivaka, I can just watch the pregame show, flip the channel, watch the Nuggets game, flip the channel back to DNVR, and I get the postgame show. I get the winner's love. Totally. It's so convenient. Yeah. Settle in. Settle in for a full night. It shouldn't have to just be the four quarters. That's why we like our pods, our, our sports centers, but they don't talk about your Nuggets. We do. So hang out with us. Uh, game time. Ivaka. DNVR. It all goes together. All right. We are back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast, the DNBA show. We're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to use the code DNVR when you sign up and download the 
DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, what's Matta says he's excited for Party Bus Round 2. Oh, man. And we're going to have more details Dude, on that. He's got Ivaca. He's excited for Party Bus Round 2. He's basically doing these reads for us. <laughs> Keep your eyes out because the, the promo material will start dropping soon. The tickets will drop soon for that second Party Bus, December 10th. Uh, so if you missed the last one, who are one, we that playing December 10th? Good question. I don't know. December 10th, uh, the Jazz. Oh, that's a good one. You're going to want to be there for that one. I can't promise a win, but I can promise a Yeah, we're going to send the Jazz back to Earth. There we go. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Jazz win, do you want to do like a fleshed out ATA, man? Just kind of. <laughs> sure. Let's flesh it let's out. Flesh out ATA. That is a gross sentence, isn't it? A little around the A. Yeah, we should just ban the term flesh out from. I think you're right. I think you're onto something there. Wind, I've got a question and an answer for you. Through 10 games here, what team, what player, what storyline, what's your biggest surprise in the National Basketball Association? Um, The anti-Semitism in the league, <laughs> probably. Actually, no, no, I said surprise. Oh, surprise. surprise. I, okay. Yeah. I, okay. Um, surprise. Um, the Clippers not being good is a surprise, mm. I think. Is it? <laughs> I think so. The Jazz being good um, yeah, is a surprise for sure. That's what I have as well. On the topic of the Jazz. Yeah. They, uh, they're real good. And shout out, I suppose. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Shout out friend of the show, Tony Jones, who told anyone who would listen, this team is not tanking. By all accounts, they're not. They're real good. Uh, and they sit atop the Western Conference standings. Admittedly a slim lead, but they're up there. And no one expected that even this... Uh, short into the season. So it's got to be Utah for me. Wind. When do you think the Jazz come back to earth? Do you think they come back to earth? Yeah, and what is their earth, right? Like, is that a mediocre team? Is that a team that's losing a lot of games? Yeah. You know, that's those... I don't know. Um, they're really well coached. They shoot a lot of threes. So is there, like, a shot luck kind of thing that happens at some point here? Some variance? I don't know. I don't have a read on this team yet, other than the fact that they're clearly better than I gave them credit for. I think they definitely come back to earth eventually. Like I don't think they're going to be one of the top seeds in the West, but they're well coached. They have a lot of hungry guys on that roster, and that stuff definitely shows itself Early. more in the beginning of the season and then eventually fades. Um, I think by January 1st, they're, you know in that fifth, sixth, seventh range okay. in the NBA. Do they avoid the plan? It's early. I'm, this is a ridiculous I mean, if I had to say right now, I'd bet on them being a play-in team and not a team in the top six. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It is still even – it's so early. Just, just a reminder of how ridiculous these conversations are. Like even the Wolves, whose vibes are absolutely in the sewers, they're three and a half games behind the Jazz. A yeah. lot can change. A lot can change. For sure. But they're – they're legitimately good. Uh, biggest disappointment went in the league. You can't say anti-Semitism again. <laughs> uh, my biggest disappointment. I mean, it, it might be the Warriors. That's how. That's what I've got, man. Four and seven, and awfully close to three and eight. And in fact, the Kings got jobbed last night, dude. Oh yeah, like uh, Kevin Herter, my guy, got fouled three times. Three times. Yeah. Three times. There was another one, too, like when the, you know, with about six minutes left, the Warriors scored and like the ball is fully in someone's palm with zeros on the clock. But I digress. Nothing new for Sacramento. 
I'll tell you another disappointing team, Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. Five and six. They got to be up there. I said on the post-game show last night, I'd be really concerned if I was a Minnesota fan. Like, I'd be freaking out. And you sh- and yeah, I think with good reason. Because it's not just that the results aren't where you want. The vibes are. The vibes are terrible. Horrendous. Anthony Edwards, who's the king of vibes, one of the right. kings of vibes. Right. That's a great point. Think has about- <laughs> just lost all the vibes. Right. Think about what you got to do to put him in a sad situation. Right. Right. Yeah. Did you see his quote about how they just gotta, they just gotta toughen up? Just gotta toughen up. They're they're in the stage where Austin Rivers gives very big quotes to the press. Oh, are we? Are we yeah, in yeah, that yeah. stage of the season? Yeah, yeah. He had a killer one. I was gonna text you guys. You know, He's so good. Minnesota man. media in a group chat, like, wow, Austin Rivers. Wow, like Austin Rivers <laughs> stocks are up. We got we got to ask for him more on the post game. <laughs> um, so that's where Minnesota's He's at. So good, man. He is unbelievable. It was a really good quote. I, I I'm not surprised. It, but. There are actually a bunch of disappointing teams. I know. The Miami Heat are four and seven. The Miami Heat are four and seven. Uh the Lakers are disappointing no one except their own fans. They're making everyone else very happy. Uh, yeah. But I guess we didn't expect them to be good. Miami, dubs, wolves, Sixers, the vibes still aren't aren't awesome. Yeah. I'm less concerned about the 76ers than some of these other teams, though. Like, I'm less concerned about the 76ers than I am about Minnesota. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, most fun teams, I regret to admit that two absolute rivals and foes are on this list. Who's the most fun team? Sorry, no. A couple of them are Boston and Portland. <laughs> uh, uh, You're doing this to yourself. You put these together. I know, but they are they have been. Portland has four game winners. Are you buying Portland? I'm buying Portland as a competitive squad. Are they gonna be a playing team or a top six seed? I think they might be like that six that six team. I yeah. Don't, I don't because they there's a there's a lot of try hardy vibey stuff happening right now. That's awesome. But the flip like the the pessimist perspective on that is those are four wins they have that they very nearly lost. Um, and, and so I don't know how well the defense plays all season. But when you have four buzzer beaters to start the year like this, you got to be in this group as yeah. much as I hate to admit it. I'd probably bet on Portland slipping to the plan. Me too. I mean, think about the six teams that well, – I, I mean, Here are the six teams that I would put one through six in the West in no particular order – Phoenix, Denver, Dallas, Memphis, Golden State. And then you've still got the Clippers and Pelicans there. I would bet on Portland sliding. That's just I'm not as big of a believer in Portland as as they've like been yeah. as a lot of people, you know, are. I think the vibes are way better than that team is great. Yeah. But the vibes are great. You just have to admit it. Yeah. You just have to admit it. And I don't want to. The Boston Celtics their their offense, which was a huge bummer last year, has been really fun and good. And Jason Tatum's playing well. <laughs> he is playing well. Would you say he's in the MVP conversation? Uh, I don't, Kale, would you say that Jason Tatum is in the MVP conversation? Let's. Uh, is that is that something that's happening? Oh, look at that! Right on my timeline. Right when I woke up this morning. Is Jason Tatum leading the that? MVP race? Nick Gelso. He's a Boston media guy. What is that? Oh, is that a podcast link? I, I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to get upset about this. But I get, I don't know. He's, oh, no, wait. Kale, is there anyone else in the conversation? I think there, I think uh, it's early, but oh, the conversation's happening, Wind. Like for Luca. We made it 10 games. Retweet for Giannis. I haven't, you know, 
dabbled in the MVP conversation yet this year. I think I'm going to see how long I can go before dabbling in it. It's a bit I just early. I don't feel a need to this year. It's a bit early. A lot could change. Um. So, yeah. Oh, wait. There's one more I sent you, Kale. It's not relevant, but it did make me laugh. We do this in the NFL, too. It's time for Tua to be in the MVP conversation. But the thing is, the NFL is how many weeks in? That's a good point. We're 10 games into the season. That's a good point. The, people don't talk about the NFL MVP enough. That, you're about right. That you're right. There's <laughs> not enough NFL MVP conversation. And all I'm saying, like Daniel Jones, the way he's managing these games, at least conversation oh, okay. worthy. Okay. okay. Well, right. that, yeah, I'm kind of out on the NFL MVP conversation now. Okay. Uh, other fun teams. Cavs are ridiculous. Vibes are really good. And the Orlando Magic are as fun of a bad team. They're two and nine. They can't be that fun at two and They're nine. They're the most fun, horrible team. <laughs> They're horrible, but they're really fun. <laughs> Yeah. Chat, I don't know who your favorite teams to watch are. The Knicks are more fun than they are good so far, but... Yeah. Are they fun? They Well... Who's fun on the Knicks? Uh, it's not so much as you look at the roster and you go, well, yippee, but they've just, like, they've played some fun games. I don't know. Jalen Brunson's cool. Yeah. They right. don't need to be in this group. That was a shoehorn. I take it back. You're appealing to the big markets? Yeah. Big market vote over here. Who, who's made you happy this year, Wind? Who's made me happy this year? Um, let me just look at the standings right here. Um, that's a good question, actually. Um, the Raptors. The Raptors, you love them, huh? I mean, how can you not? Yeah. Um, a chat. Tur asked if we've watched Monte and Will on the Wizards. A lot. I've watched a disgusting amount of the Wizards. Really? I haven't watched one Wizards game. I've watched a lot of the Wizards. <laughs> There's no way you've watched a lot of Wizards. No, I've watched three full Wizards games. You're kidding I'm me. not kidding. I'm sick in the head. I'm checking in on Monte this and Will. This is 100% bullshit. It's not bullshit. <laughs> There's no way you've watched three no, Wizards games. No, I swear games. to God I've watched three Wizards Who'd games. Who'd they play? They played the Celtics. They played the... Uh, they lost to the Pacers. I only watched three quarters of that one because the Nuggets played that night. And then I watched the Sixers game. They played the Sixers, right? Did I make that up? Good guess. They've played the Sixers twice. Yes. I'm not guessing. I watched these games. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I really, I've watched three Wizards games this year. I'm not proud of it. Wow. Credit to you. It's kind of a fun roster. You know what the problem is? What's up? Um, Bradley Beal. Not that good to me. Oh, he's got no trade clause. Yeah. So Should we talk about him getting traded for a season? or? <laughs> sure. Wind, I don't know if you've noticed there's no games today because people are out voting. Um, should we cast a vote for Mr. Nugget? <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to do that. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like we decide the winner. Someone says votes just trying to lie like LeBron now. I've watched the Wizards. <laughs> it's a weird thing to lie about if you haven't done it. Um, LeBron's lied about some really weird things also. This is true. And I am kind of a LeBron fan or used to be. My vote's for Bones Highland. There you go. Okay. Um, I'm not ready to reveal, reveal my vote. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> when do they close? 6 p.m. Eastern? 8? Seven. Seven. Seven Mountain. Okay. When do the Mr. Nugget polls close? <laughs> Allie, when do they close? Uh, 7 p.m. tonight. <laughs> 7 p.m. tonight. Okay. Uh, they Yeah. <laughs> the trade deadline, says Cal. Uh, we got anything else from around the association? Uh, oh, just looking at the standings, I was going to say if you had to pick one team likely to rise or fall, 
In the West, I mean, I oh, this is pretty easy. I'm going to say Golden State's probably yeah. not going to finish out of the playoff picture. Yeah. What's happening with Golden State is just they're trying to rely on their rookies a lot because they're trying to do this whole, um, like, extend the window thing with Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and then James Wiseman, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga. And they're learning that it's, you know, it's tough to count on rookies. For sure. And young guys, second-year guys. Have you noticed... The Golden State Warriors fan base. And they're also just not playing defense. They have a terrible defense. That's a very impatient fan base. I've noticed that over the years. They're they're so furious with the organization's direction right now. They won, let me check my notes here, the last available title there was to win. They did just win it. They did just win that. Yeah. I swear they just want everyone fired over there. (laughs) Yeah, I think Golden State's going to rebound. Other than that... I feel like the West playoff and play-in teams could be pretty locked in already. Not going to lie. I would put Golden State in there for San Antonio. Other than that, I feel like those could be the 10 teams. In the East, the Nets, the Sixers, the Heat are 10, 11, 12. Which one of those teams, if any, are actually bad? The Wizards is... The 76ers, the Heat? The, the, the 76ers, the Nets, the Heat. They're 10, 11, Well, the Nets are bad. The Nets are legit bad. Um, I don't think the Wizards are in it that good either. Well, they're definitely not. But, yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, with the exception of how you feel about Brooklyn, 10, 11, 12 are all teams that I think very well could be viewed as oh, yeah. should be much better. I mean, if are. Brooklyn doesn't make the play-in, like, what are we even doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually just ready to not talk about them at all. Miami, though, man, that could be... Is that a blow it up situation? If they have a bad month, do they start making trades? I think they'll be fine. Okay. I'll, well, I'll predict point. they'll be fine. But Jimmy Butler being on the block could be interesting. Intriguing. Or really annoying, depending on how you feel about discourse. <laughs> all right. Um, I think that's all we got today. We're going to get out of here early. That never happens. Yeah, we're going to get out of here early. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for a great showing in the chat. The chat was on fire today. Great chat. Appreciate you guys for stopping in on a Tuesday. The Nuggets are in Indiana right now. They play the Pacers, who we didn't mention, but have kind of been a okay team so far this season. They're 5-5. Five and five. And I feel like in their last handful of games, they're turning up, right? They're playing well. They just beat the Pelicans 129-122. to 122. This is so a sneaky tough one. It's not going to be an easy game. Definitely yeah. not. Um, I think it will be a similar game you know, to how these Spurs games have gone close, and then I think Denver will have a chance to, to pull away at the end, or they should. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll be back here in the lounge pregame and postgame show tomorrow night. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Talk to you then.